Welcome all, this is Justin Lomnes, the Lunatic Libertarian Podcast, the place to engage lunatic ideas about freedom, building skill sets, encouraging individual tangible knowledge, self-sufficiency, and engaging all of humanity, regardless of political affiliation, sex, race, color, creed, pronoun, preference, social economic background, or any label, title, or category you choose to affiliate yourself with. We appreciate all the knowledge for the better of all mankind, and we thank you for listening to The Lunatic Libertarian. We are live, and I am with the man, Steve Witt, who's running for Horry County School Board, District 6, and I am the Lunatic Libertarian, Justin Lomnis. Welcome to the Lunatic Libertarian Podcast, and welcome my guest, Steve Witt. How you doing, hey, sir? Th- how's it going, Justin? Thank you very much for inviting me on the podcast. It's going well. It's snowing outside, but uh, I live in Wisconsin, so the weather changes if uh, you just wait a few minutes. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm in South Carolina, so Myrtle Beach to be exact. And I mean, this morning it was raining pretty hard, but it's it's uh, the rain cleared out. But now it's just been overcast all day. Yeah, it's uh, I, I always say just keep looking up and uh, see all those cloud cedars out there and wonder why your weather's so funky. Right. <laughs> um, let us know oh, how then, you... to uh, to correct the pronunciation for uh, it's O'Ri County. The H is silent. Ori County. That's like my last name where the B is silent. So yep. Ori County. Uh, and that is in South Carolina, correct? Yeah, we're the uh, the most northeast county in South Carolina. And we are the fourth largest fourth largest county in the state. All right. Uh, Steve, let us know uh, how you got involved with uh, the Libertarian Party, the Liberty Movement, and uh, what you think you can do with running for this position in the Horry County School Board. Yeah, man. Um, well, uh, for my journey up to this point, personally, uh, I've always considered myself a libertarian since high school. Um, so by, you know, I'd say between the ages of uh, 15, 16 years old. So I've always considered myself independent. And then fast forward to when I could start voting, I've always voted um, either libertarian or independent as best as I could for what was offered in my area. Uh, South Carolina is a very red state. Um, so in terms of my voting, you know, we also have open primaries so I can choose to vote in either the Republican primary or the Democratic primary. And then I can vote in the general election um, in November when they, you know, hold the regular, the general and the midterms. Um, in terms of the Libertarian Party and getting involved in the quote unquote liberty movement, um, Spike uh, Cohen, he was the one who actually motivated me when I uh, found out about him running as the vice presidential candidate in 2020. And then people started, you know, spreading his name around. And I had no idea who the guy was. But then everybody started saying, oh, yeah, you know, he's got his own podcast and everything. And I started listening to him with uh, Matt Wright on Muddy Waters Media, which me and you are supporters of. Yes. And uh, and um. So from there, I started watching the podcast, and then I actually reached out. The first thing I did was I reached out to my state LP. Uh, so I reached out to the SCLP Facebook page uh, via Messenger and started con- you know, talking with them back and forth. 
and I got in contact with the uh, vice chairman, um, which um, I think you're friends with him online too, uh, Mr. Matt Hicks. Uh, yep. Hashtag, hashtag Laser Legend. So um, me, so uh, me and Matt, uh, we started talking through Messenger a little bit, and he gave me some information, and then got me in contact with the O'Ree County Libertarian Party, and um, found out when they were holding their meetings, and I started attending the meetings, and pretty much from there on out. I've been very active in my county party, um, although it's still slow going. Uh, liberty movement, even though people consider themselves to be libertarian, a lot of them are just keyboard warriors and don't actually get up off the couch and out to meetings to, you know, talk with people in person. Uh, but, you know, I've been attending the meetings. And then when we did our reorganization in uh, May of last year, 2021, uh, I was elected to be the vice chairman for the county. And, uh, from there, I've been trying to grow the party locally here. And then uh, one of my main goals for myself was I decided that I wanted to run, you know, for local office. So I started exploring different options that are out there and, you know, talking with people from within the SCLP and the guys that are in my county. We started looking at different options and looking at the way that government breaks down locally here as well as throughout the state. And originally, I was going to try to run for uh, South Carolina House, South Carolina House seat, District 68, which is my district, um, and that would have been for uh, South Carolina Congress. But when I was looking at the numbers to be able to compete against uh, the lady who currently holds, holds that position, which is uh, Heather Amos Crawford, I would have had to get somewhere in the range of like 45 to almost 50,000 votes in order to uh, win over her seat. So that's a pretty big number when you're talking, you know, coming at somebody like myself coming out of nowhere and trying to get into uh, government that way. So I, you know, went back through, did some more research and, you know, continuing to talk with people within the LP party and then also um, even some GOP friends. And basically they said, hey, well, you know, you're a parent um, because I have a seven year old daughter. And they said, why don't you try running for school board? So um, I looked up the school board statistics for the, uh, the voting and whatnot. And for the seat that I'm going for, the, the, and, well, she's no longer the incumbent because she's running for the chairman position this year. Uh, but the last time she ran for the seat, she brought in almost 6,000 votes. So you okay. can see, that, yeah, so you can see, you know, it's almost a 40,000 vote difference um, for school board versus, uh, going for state house. Um, I would have gone for county council. Uh, I think county council would have been achievable also, but for my district, that seat doesn't open up until, uh, 2024. So I would have had to wait another two years. So the county was, uh, school board was pretty much your best option to try and get into government as soon as possible. If you can win, and then um, it's more of a reasonable expectation because you don't have to try and sway so many of the voters from their current voting pattern right now, right? Yeah, correct. And um, for this election cycle at the moment, um, there are three competitors, myself, and then there's uh, two ladies that are running on the GOP ticket. Um, however, that'll be cut down to just one because when they do their primaries in June, whoever's the winner will go on to the general election against me. Okay. Now, uh, do you have any particular policies that the school board has in place right now that you would try and uh, immediately change? And then um, are there other policies that you would uh, try and 
um, try and stifle off slowly? Uh, well, I mean, my, my biggest complaint, I mean, coming off of what they did in 2020, uh, they went ahead and they spent like $5 million on plexiglass for the whole like COVID um, protections and everything, which I was hugely against that, like when they even first announced it. Um, and then they just the erroneous spending as well as uh, their non-planning of uh, new schools within the district because they've built. I'm trying to think off the top of my head how many they've built. I want to say they've built about four or six schools just within the past three years. Okay. And, all, and already those schools are overpopulated um, because they didn't build for the incoming population that uh, Ory County and Myrtle Beach has seen um, over the past 20 years, really, um, because year over year, even if you don't go off of what the census is, we've grown exponentially. And especially with COVID and everything, uh, people come in, you know, they didn't want to be part of the lockdowns in northern states moving down to South Carolina. It's just it's it's blown up down here and um, they're not keeping up. So and and actually not this past school board meeting, but the uh, meeting before that previous one, uh, they actually voted to go ahead and bring in another uh, what is it? $6.3 million worth of um, external uh, modular buildings to uh, help with the school population um, for the overpopulation rather. And I'm just like, you know, why are we spending, you know, this kind of money on modulars as opposed to planning the schools properly to begin with? Um, and then on top of that, uh, there's a lot more to it. I mean, I think in terms of like what our kids are being taught, um, I'm fully against no child left behind. Um, I think that it's detrimental to the kids because even if kids are going through and doing testing and they haven't reached a certain level yet of where they should be, they're okay. still, they're still pushing them through. And I'm, I'm against that. And especially what they did in, uh, at the end of, end of 2020 and all of 2021, um, they went ahead and did virtual schooling, uh, which 2021, you could have chosen to go into virtual school with some parents did some parents didn't. And then they did like brick and mortar where it was like, one day on one day off but the kids are so far behind that it's affecting them in their uh their future not only in the public school system but just in general with you know with how they're developing in life and it's really been a setback <laughs> do you believe that individualized schooling is a better platform than the um i would say the industrial uh, revolution or the um, assembly line uh, schooling that we have currently and um, with funding for smaller schools and um, more uh, individualized teaching be better than the mass schooling where we stick uh, 10,000 children into a single building and then try and teach everyone. And uh, we know that doesn't work under our current platform. So um, would you be uh, interested in seeing smaller buildings with uh, less densely populated um populations of students with more individualized training and attention or do you think that um you guys can work within the system that's already there well i mean as a libertarian i completely agree with the statement that you just made um there's actually two different bills right now that are going that are in um the south carolina state legislature one is uh the pace 
uh, Bill P-A-C-E, and then there's another one that actually is trying to do um, uh, uh, education savings accounts. However, the, the difference with the main one that they're pushing, um, not the PACE bill, but the other bill, I, I can't think the name off the top of my head, the ESA one that they're trying to do, it's not broad to cover every student. It's only covering a certain amount of the population, but that's the one that they're trying to push right now. Um, so to answer the question, yes, I do think that individualized learning is the best way for students. Um, being a realist and being a pragmatist, we have to work within the system that's there. And if I were to get elected, I'm only going to be one libertarian on a school board of uh, 12 individuals plus a chairman and then a superintendent. So 14 individuals making the decisions for, you know, a pop, a school student population of 45,000 kids and about 6,000 teachers. So I can only do so much. And that's why I had to go ahead and build a coalition with my school, with my fellow board members to go ahead and make the changes that we want to see within the local community. Uh, do you see uh, trying to build uh, relationships with other you know, Democrats and Republicans that are currently in power. And I don't know uh, how many of those individuals have been in those positions for a number of years or whether they're new to their seats. Um, do you think that people get ingrained and uh, being comfortable in their positions, you know, they're secure there, so they don't want to change anything because that would mess up their own personal security versus what we have going on as far as um, making better choices for the children and the students themselves? Yeah, I mean, um, I've since I've come off the road because I used to be an over the road trucker um, and I've been back home to be able to attend the actual school board meetings. So I've been to two of them so far and then I'll go I'll be attending the one for this month when it comes up, uh, not next week, but the following week. Uh, to my knowledge, there's one Democrat that sits on the school board right now and the rest of the school board is elected Republicans. Uh, the lady that's the elected Democrat. Um, can't think of her name off the top of my head, but she is a retired educator um, as well as uh, she does a lot of planning within the South Carolina Department of Education and also with um, the um, uh, state school board uh, and also uh, various parental groups within the state. I've heard her speak at one of the meetings and a couple of the things she said, I wasn't fully on board with, but then at the same time, you got to look at it like, okay, well, we're serving, you know, multiple, you know, varying views within the county. So we have to go ahead and make sure that we're taking care of everybody and not just, you know, doing it for a select few. Um, but like you said, in terms of being ingrained, I mean, the, the lady, uh, who is a Democrat, I think she's been a lifelong Democrat and that's only because of her upbringing. I would say so, personally. Uh, do you think that uh, um, bringing attention to what the current situation is uh, in your district and then um, going out and talking to the parents and finding out what their problems are, what kind of changes they want to implement, do you think that you'll be uh, met with more opposition or uh, more proactiveness when it comes to actually uh, being a servant and solving the problems of the parents for their children? Yeah, I mean, um, that's one of my plans. Um, 
I'm going to start doing going door to door uh, for my campaign and actually talking with the parents uh, firsthand um, after the Libertarian National Convention, because I'm going to be going to that um, at the end of May. So starting in June and then going, you know, all the way up until the election, I'm going to start meeting with parents uh, face to face. But I mean, just from my personal experience so far, um, parents that are within our age range, so the millennial generation, a lot of them don't like what they're seeing going on in schools right now, and they want the change. Um, the, what I'm noticing is that, once again, uh, going off of one of my previous uh, statements at the beginning of our conversation, everybody talks online, right? But they're not actually doing anything about it. So, I mean, the one nice thing about our school board is that they actually allow you to go and make five minute statements if you wanted to. So if you disagree with something or if you want to see a change in a policy being made, you can go ahead and put in and, and apply to, to speak at the school board. And then they give you a full five minutes to discuss with them. Um, you know, what your thoughts are on what you're trying to get across. Um, so in terms of putting the power back into parents, I can only do so much as one person. I do want to be a servant. So I'm not here for myself, even though I am a parent. I'm here for the constituents and I'm here for the voters. So they need to come to me and then I need to go ahead and disseminate that information throughout the rest of the board, throughout the county, as well as me wanting to put the power back into their hands they also need to show up to the school board meetings and talk with us directly and not just do it from their homes well you've been to the school board meetings uh what do you think the um capacity is for that room um for the room yeah um okay i mean they've got the chairs spread out for covid but i mean in terms of like if you want to pack that room out you could probably get I'd say three, four hundred people in that room. If you were to pack them in like sardines, I mean, it, it's a pretty good sized room. Okay, yeah. So if if you wanted people to actually to attend, there's plenty of capacity there for people to you know be seated comfortably. If they want COVID provisions, they are in place. If they don't want COVID provisions, I'm sure that you have the options for mask, no mask, uh, whatever, whatever. I mean, yeah. Not, well, I mean, they they. The one cool thing about, uh, I'd say, the majority of South Carolina, and, and especially in the area where I'm at, we've we've waived all of those restrictions, so we're we're wide open. That's excellent. That's excellent to hear that people are um, actually coming to the the realization of what this uh, uh, implementation has been on us in the United States. Is that it's, you know, it, there's an illness out there. It, it's bad, but it's not as bad as they say. And, you know, when you give individuals and government that kind of power, obviously they don't want to give it back. But yeah. um, what's nice about our country is that they have to review it regardless. There's no everlasting. This is just what it is, unless it's an amendment to the Constitution. But yet again, it can still be amended back to the original or. You know, you can amend it again. It's yeah. Well, I mean, and you know, as libertarians, we like to talk a lot about about the um, alphabet agencies and whatnot. And I mean, you know, obviously we have the National Institutes for Health, and then for South Carolina, we have South Carolina DHEC. And a lot of the decisions that they were making for the schools uh, for health came from South Carolina DHEC. So all of that was passed down from a bureaucracy agency, not even from. The, um, the actual school board itself right they were you know they were being told like hey you must follow these rules 
Um, you know, and then it's like if a parent went ahead and spoke up against it, they were looked at as a terrorist. You know, it's like and even if you gave the opinion, it's like, well, we're still not going to listen to you, you know, because we're being told by DHEC that, hey, you have to do it this way. Well, what's funny is I'm actually I, uh, I've been labeled a terrorist myself and I really don't care because it was before being a terrorist was actually cool in this country. So yeah. it, it, the thing is, is that um, I, one thing I talk about is get rid of labels, titles and categories and being reliant on skill sets. And um, as far as your own personal skills, uh, what do you think is going to be your most prevalent skill and to get into to bring to the uh, Horry County School Board, and then what do you think is a skill that you have to develop uh, more um, if you get on to the Horry County School Board? Uh, well, the, the one thing that the Liberty Movement and the Libertarian Party has helped me with over this past um, almost 16 months now or so since I've actually been a member of the party is definitely networking with people. Um, so I, the one thing that I'm looking to do is to, you know, open up the conversation just like me and you were having right now, uh, with my, you know, with my fellow board members. And the one thing that I heard at the last school board meeting last month was, you know, there's decisions that are being made, um, at the state level, um, at the state Congress and also at the state Senate, uh, that nobody is, uh, you know, getting involved with. And it's like, well, don't you think that we as elected, uh, you know, as elected offices and officers for our constituents, shouldn't we be involved in those conversations that are going on and, you know, not just allowing them to pass laws willy nilly without getting the full, you know, uh, input of not only the school board, but, you know, the constituents and the voters within our district. And once again, it's like it's the 80 20 rule because you have, you know, 20% of the people doing all the work and 80% are just sitting there watching. So how do you motivate people to actually get involved and whether you do it, you know, in person or even email your representative, go ahead and you know, just be involved in the conversation so that decisions aren't being made uh, that you have no idea, you know, what goes behind, what goes into them. Well, don't you think there's a complacency factor that you're talking about there where, um, parents have been uh, ingrained or indoctrinated or uh, told that um, the, the government has your children's best interests at heart. You don't need to pay attention. And that's why we have the decline in the education system that we have is because generationally and, yeah. you know, it depends on where you live, but you, you have uh, different sectors of people that are having children at different ages. So I think some are having children early as 12 years old. And then there are some that are having children as uh, when they're as old as in their late 40s. So yeah. when you talk about the demographics of people, I, I mean, we have to understand that that demographic is a very wide spectrum. And then Absolutely. you do have people that want to participate. I think that uh, one thing that COVID has given people is the opportunity. And I think one thing that technology has given people opportunity is that if it is a Zoom meeting, or a publicly broadcasted meeting that you can join via a uh, server like Zoom or something like that, then that gives you an opportunity to participate. And um, I think and doing that remotely now, being present and having a physical presence, I think is always going to be the best that you can do. Uh -huh. um, and that well, way, I mean, the school board does do. Um, they are broadcasted, <laughs> um, just like what we're doing now with this pro with this podcast. So you can go and view 
the school board meeting, you know, Correct. via the live, yeah, via the live stream. But in terms of reading the comment section, they're not reading the live comments as they're coming in. So if you want to be like acknowledged, you either either you either need to a be there physically in person by you know talking, you know, when they give you the the time to speak or by writing an email to your uh, your district representative or to the chairman himself or him or herself. I actually brought this up to uh, uh, Tony Orizio. I don't know if I'm saying his last name correctly for the- Yeah, from New York. For the Libertarian National Convention, as far as if you have people that cannot attend the uh, convention on um, in person, that they actually can contact you who represent them as far as voting for their district or whatever region they're from, and then make your vote. Because mm-hmm. then uh, the miracles of technology is everybody can participate. I yeah, think- well, but but that's the thing though. It's whether or not like they actually choose to do the motion and get and and get involved and participate. If they're just sitting there complaining about it, it's like. That's all you're doing is complaining, but you're not actually doing the physical work to get involved with it. Well, I mean, uh, some people can justify that they're busy or they don't have time and stuff like that. I mean, um, it's all about personal involvement. I think that there's a a real big disconnect about parental involvement with children in a general sense as it is, regardless if it's uh, talking about just school. Yeah, I mean, mean, in, in our area, though, I mean... I wouldn't say that's a hundred percent correct because I mean, like just when I go to my church or like when I'm talking to friends online and everything and I see different things that they post, um, they want to be involved. I think the question is, do they really know how to be involved then? Right. So, you know, but I'm out here showing people and I'm posting all the time that whether or not somebody sees my post, it's like, okay, you know, Steven's actually here putting the work in by going and showing up to these meetings, you know, and at least giving his opinion. Now, whether or not like his opinion is going to be followed through on, that's something, you know, that's a completely different topic. But, you know, when I get voted in and I'm here to serve the constituents within my district and, you know, the, the, the families, that's when I can reach out to them directly and say, okay, Hey, what do you want me to change? And this is what I'm going to do to change it. Well, I mean, uh, I'm going to play devil's advocate and just say, hey, you know, there there are people's out there that, you know, will say they don't have time to participate. And that's fine. But that that brings back the point of uh, complacency in the situation of the structure is there. I believe in the structure. Uh, My children go to that school. I believe they're safe. I'm I'm not worried about anything else. So there, there are people out there that just believe that as well. So I mean, yeah, I mean, you're gonna you're gonna have that no matter what. I mean, correct. I'm not talk. I mean, I'm not saying that I'm gonna reach every single person. I mean, that would be the ideal, but you know, I can only strive for the ideal. It doesn't mean it's gonna happen. But as long as I can get you know a good majority of the people to at least you know give me an issue that you know is a main issue for the county, which like I brought up before, the main thing is like this the school growth. Most people have a huge issue with that because we're already having overpopulating, but you can't use county funds to build, you know, private schools like what you're talking about. So that, that, that's just not how it's set up. So you, you got to work within the confines of the current system. And 
by being a libertarian on the board, I'm going to be that voice of reason and logic for people, hopefully to like hear, you know, what I have to say and say, Hey, look, you know, if this is something that's a line item on the budget and <clears throat> that line item isn't doing the taxpayer what it's supposed to be doing, I can say, no, I'm not going to vote for this and I'm going to shut it, you know, try to shut it down as best as I can. But once again, I'm only one person. So I've got to go ahead and build that coalition with the with the fellow board members. Well, I mean, um, it, it, I guess if you're going to let everybody in and, you know, say, hey, I'm trying to say that this is going to save us this much money. We can uh, 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 portion that those funds here or we can keep it in the bank. I mean, there's just people that might not agree with you on every subject. And, you know, it's it's, it's taking the wins with the losses that um, well, I, I mean, think is going to be the better uh, of the two situations. Now, yeah, when you're out there and you're talking to people do you do you think being a libertarian gives um people a bad taste in their mouth or do you think that people just don't know about uh the political ideology of a libertarian uh i believe that they do not know the political ideology of um our party um and when most people hear libertarian at least in my area um but i mean i would say this is for the majority of the united states most people hear liberal and, you know, I personally am not a liberal. I know you don't like doing the uh, putting a name on or putting a, uh, somebody into a group. But, I mean, I would consider myself a conservative. I'm not a liberal. So I'm on – if you were to do like a political spectrum test, I fall in the, the bottom right-hand uh, bottom right-hand quadrant of a uh, political test. Okay. Um, I'm near the middle. Um, so, I mean, I'm, I'm close to being a centrist, but I mean, I'm still on the, on the right in terms of like where most of my views fall. So I'm, I am a conservative libertarian, but like you said, in terms of like the ideology behind it, no, most people do not know what our ideology is and where the theology comes from, um, within the party itself. Um, most people, you know, they hear the term libertarian and they're like, oh, okay, well, are you still part of the two party system? No, I'm, I'm part of the largest you know third party in the in the country um if you go to make you know place your vote on a general ballot you're going to see the name of a libertarian up there with the republicans and the democrats because we're your third choice you know so the the problem in south carolina and i don't know about wisconsin but uh we have straight party ticket vote so that's like yeah that as well yeah which that's complete <laughs> I don't want to cuss, but it's complete bullshit because, you know, if you don't know what you're doing when you go to the ballot box and all you do is hit, you know, straight Republican or straight Democrat, you've already gone ahead and eliminated another two thirds of your ballot, you know, based off of like other people who are running from different parties or even independents who don't claim party. Well, do you think that um, people are uh, tired of the, the finger pointing of saying, uh, the Republicans are bad. The Democrats are bad. The uh, progressives are bad. The conservatives are bad. Um, do you think that approaching people and just saying, hey, regardless of uh, any kind of ideology or self-proclamation of a political affiliation, as a human being, what is the problem that you have? And what do you think as uh, me representing the human beings of my district, what do you think I can do 
as another human being trying to solve those human beings problems? Uh, well, I mean, they, they, it goes back to being a servant. So, I mean, remove all of the labels and everything. And the question is, is like, what can I do to help my fellow man and woman in my community and help out their families directly? So if I'm not helping them, then that means I would be serving my own self-interest. But I'm not running for my own self-interest. I'm running to help out the, the people within District 6 and within the greater Horry County as a whole. Um, in terms of serving them, though, once again, I mean, it, this whole entire conversation goes back to how do you get people to be active, whether it's in per person or even online, you know, regardless of if they're watching a live stream like now or just simply contacting their representative because you're voting for somebody, but it's like, if you're going to go ahead and vote for the lesser of two evils, you're going to get the same results. And what is that? That's the definition of insanity. If you keep doing it over and over and over again, and right. one, you know? So, I mean, and the one thing with local elections, um, such as this one, the seats come open every two years. So every two years, you have an opportunity to change who your elected representative is. You don't have to keep voting in the same person. And just because, you know, they're up there, you know, all flashy looking and everything on TV and in person, you have no idea what they're going, what's going on behind closed doors when they're in their committee meetings and whatnot. You know, the, I mean, yeah, you can see it on the website, but that still doesn't tell you like what type of conversations that they're having. Because all the school board meeting is, is basically them showing you a PowerPoint presentation of what they've already decided on without fully going over the details with the taxpayers. And I'm sure you raise your hand and ask a whole lot of questions while you're at those meetings too and be like, um, I didn't see any of this. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't get a chance to put any input on this. Um, I'm, well, here's the thing though. I mean, I, like I said, I was an over the road truck driver and I've, I've only been working, um, back at home now since the beginning of February. Um, so I've been to, I've been to two school board meetings, uh, this month will be my third. Um, and like, I, I would have to, uh, you know, put in an application to be able to speak for the five minutes, you know, to tell them what my, uh, concerns are at the moment. I don't have anything that I would like verbally speak out to them about because I know that they're not going to make the changes based off of me just having one simple conversation, you know, uh, within that five minute, uh, uh, window that they give me if I were to speak. And that's where you and I would differ because if I was the only person standing in that room, I would have uh, photocopies of applications that I would just send to them that would take up the entire school board meeting of them allowing speakers to speak because if nobody's going to get up and you're still sitting there, I mean, uh -huh. then it's still non-participation, and, and that's my just my personal uh, opinion. Hey, on hey, that. And once again, I'm with you on that because I mean, um, not the first meeting, but the second meeting I went to, they had one lady actually showed up to speak, and then they had a total of six that were scheduled to speak. So what happened with those other five people? I mean, I know that everybody like lives life and everything, but if you're gonna, you know, say, hey, I want to go and speak at the board, please show up. You know, and if you and if you can't make it, then try to at least schedule to come back again the following month and, and make time for it. Right. And be able to avoid if you if you apply to have your voice heard and then yep. you disregard that uh, application being accepted. I mean, then you're pretty much saying that, oh, yeah, I know the process is here, but 
I'm just I'm just checking to see if it works. Uh, I don't I don't really have anything to say. And if you're running for a county board or uh, for county school board, I'm sorry, in District Six, and you're actually at the meetings, like I said, if it was me, I would I would have Xerox copies of applications already filled out that all I had to do was sign and date and say, here you go, here you go, here you go. Yeah. I'm always well, going to stand and- up and say something. Correct. And, and, and um, I don't know about for this month per se, but in May, I do plan on saying something in May. Like I said, right now, I'm just I'm still learning the process of how they handle everything. And I've been watching them and I've been taking notes. So I've got like two pages full of notes from both of the meetings that I've attended. And um, like the, the one topic I can talk about uh, that I just know off the top of my head, they've uh, the counseling program that we have in the schools right now our counselors are way overwhelmed um, and they've got, um, uh, I don't know if you're going to lose the video. If I, oh man, I'm on my phone. Uh, let me know if you lose the video. Hold on one second. Okay. Lost video. Yeah. You lost. <laughs> you still have audio though, right? Correct. Okay. Hold on one second. This is a, my first live, ladies and gentlemen. He is going to <laughs> fact check some information and get back to me. Okay. Uh, okay, yeah. So I, I just wanted to get the name of the program that they're uh, looking to start. Okay, so um, let me go back here. All right, sorry about that. Okay, so the, the name of the the name of the program that they're uh, looking to uh, start, and it, it may not even hang around. They, they've got to go ahead and – uh, just do like a trial run of it, but it's called uh, Care Solace, C-A-R-E-S-O-L-A-C-E. And what that program is going to allow the counselors within Horry County Schools to do is basically recommend an outside counseling or, or counselor for the student. Um, because what's happening right now in our school system is the counselors are overwhelmed. So a, a normal count, a normal school counselor's course load, or not course load, but uh, case load. Case, yeah, case load. Thank you. Case load of students is um, only supposed to be about twenty to twenty-five uh, cases. Uh, right now, our, our case count is upwards of between forty-five and fifty students. So they're doing almost double what they're supposed to be able to handle within the school system. So what the that Carousalis program is going to allow them to do if they decide to fully implement it right now they're just going through a trial phase right now is to allow the not just the student but also the families to go to an outside counselor and work with an outside counselor on mental health issues that are going on within the school system um i think it's a good program um don't get me wrong the one thing that they didn't discuss though is how much it's going to end up costing the taxpayer because for me being fiscally conservative the way that i am i always look at what the cost is so right. until, until we know what the overall cost is, I don't know if it's going to be the, the, the best way forward for the district. And that was something else that um, I learned at last school board. I'm going to have to run downstairs real quick. I hear a crying child. I'm sorry. You got to give me one second. I'll take your time, brother. Too bad I can't see the chat with everybody. I'd be able to do like a ask me anything with you guys.
Yeah. Let me know in the comments if you guys like my shirt. This is a, uh, I'll do a plug. This is uh, the Roosevelt's, and uh, this is uh, one of my Teddy Roosevelt shirts. Got Teddy posing in some various scenes. It's pretty cool. And Justin's back. Almost. Got the headphones on. There he goes. Fighting, fighting, fighting. <laughs> I have a 10-year-old, an 8-year-old, and a 2-year-old. So, uh, that, That's got to be interesting at that house, at your house. <laughs> yeah, my... Just... I, I, Unfortunately, my, my daughter doesn't live with me full time. I'm not the custodial parent, so I, I only get to see my daughter uh, three weekends out of the month and then uh, three weekdays during the month. So it's it's pretty difficult and I won't get into all the uh, messy details, but if she was living with me, it would be entirely different how uh, even her education is going. Well, I actually homeschooled. Uh... Two, the two oldest are homeschooled, so I, I wasn't going to deal with anything a school board was saying about anything as far as in a, what would I say? It's a, it's just a physical place uh -huh. that we put our kids for uh, compliance for the schedule for work periods, and that's that's where I'm going to leave it. I, I, I would agree with you 100% on that. So, um, it. If I had it my way, I, I would have put my daughter into uh, private school last year, but her her mom wasn't having it. But I'll, I'll just leave it at that. The homeschooling actually works. My wife uh, works from home. So uh, I wouldn't say that all the COVID measures are bad, but at least uh, it, it gave us the opportunity to do what we wanted since uh, they were actually born was to raise them at home. Excuse me. And yeah. just leave it there. Yeah. I mean, when, when my daughter is with me, I mean, the one thing that I try to work with her on is um, I use uh, Osmo. Um, we were doing ABC Mouse a little bit. Um, and then uh, for Christmas, I went ahead and I bought the uh, the Tuttle Twins books. Um, so I've been, I read the Tuttle Twins with her. Um, that's pretty cool. And then obviously, you know, those books are based off of the adult versions of them. Um, you know, so I try to integrate some of the adult stuff as best I can on, on her level, of course. See, we still have to go through a, um, accredited facility and, mm -hmm. um, it's through, uh, Fox Valley, uh, what is it? Connections Academy, I think it's called. So yeah, they, homeschool, homeschooling okay. deal that, uh, and it's accredited. They still have to attend for, uh, state mandatory testing. Uh, they still have to wear a mask and, um, other than that, I mean, they learn from home and they're learning stuff that I was doing in middle school and they're doing it in, you know, fourth and fifth grade. So, yeah, well, I mean, and once again, that just shows you the, you know, the failure of the public school system. It's like, you know, why is it that once you go outside of, you know, the, the, the federal indoctrination camp, as we like to call it, you know, it's, you know, once you go outside of that, um, it's accelerated. You have, you know, uh, teachers have less students, so they're able to take the time, you know, with each individual student and show them the, 
the, the love and the care um, that they require as opposed to, you know, being on the assembly line and, hey, let's force them through. And, you know, these are what the state standards are and these are what the federal standards are. And if you're not meeting this, we're automatically going to say that you have a disability. What if that kid just learns at their own pace, you know? Correct. You know, There's no so cookie cutter solution to that. No, absolutely. I, I think that's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, and that ties in with what I would like to do on the school board, too, is I want to, you know, help. And I, I went to, you know, um, um, uh, what was it? Oh, it wasn't a school board meeting, but they were um, going to be, they went ahead and laid out all the books that they're going to adopt. Adoption was the word I was looking for. The books that they're adopting for next school year. Um, none of the books were going to be the ones that my daughter is going to be using because uh, she's going to be going into third grade. They had second grade books there, but not third and fourth. Um, but, you know, it, as a, as a parent also, it's like, you know, and, and also as a teacher, you give not even 24 hours, you know, for the general population. They started doing this at 10 o'clock in the morning and then they got done with it by like 7, 7.30 that evening when they went ahead and had this open day for the book adoption. And it's like, how, how are you, you know, supposed to have time to go through and read these books page by page to see if it's, you know, something that you approve of as a parent or even as an educator all you know, like if you're an educator, is this is what the state standard, you know, this is what the state standard is and what the curriculum is. And now you're going to have to disseminate it, you know, based off of the the kids in your local area. And it's like it, you don't have time to review anything. That's well, one thing I would bring up is that um, who owns the publishing rights for public education? I forget the publisher's name. I know that um, they, well, uh, Hewitt, they, I think, is part of it. Thomas McGraw Hewitt or something like that. that that's one of them. Um, there's like four or five big companies. And the, the one thing that I learned also recently was that um, basically for like schools within the southeast, uh, I'm trying to think what states there. Are. It's Virginia, North Carolina, South Carolina, Florida not even Georgia, then it jumps over to like Alabama, Mississippi, and then it jumps Louisiana and goes over into Texas. And then I think it's Tennessee. And those states right there um, work very closely together with the education that's within, uh, or not education, but the publishing companies that go to those states. So if Texas makes a decision with Florida, then it, it goes north you know, up into South Carolina and North Carolina. And then for like where you live, a lot of the decision-making comes from California, comes from New York, comes from Pennsylvania, comes from some of the other states up in the New England area. And then it works its way uh, to the Midwest and out West. It's, it's, it's pretty crazy. <laughs> I can tell you in Wisconsin, there's a lot of education that a lot of people don't believe. And a lot of education happens either out on the farm or out on the street. Yeah. So, I mean, I, there's a lot of education got, that just yeah. happens in life that people, especially where I'm from, it, 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 you get an education in life before you get an education in books. I'll tell you that. Yeah. I mean, it, it's the same way down here, too. I mean, if, you, if you're out in the country area, I mean, um, you know, Ori County is it's a pretty rural county. Um, I mean, even the city of Myrtle Beach um, and North Myrtle Beach. I'm trying to think of what the population is in the off season. We're almost 100 and 
almost 110,000 in the off season now. Um, I mean, during the summertime, you know, during tourist season, I mean, that shoots up to, you know, damn near a million people, you know, on a weekly basis with all the hotels and everything. But um, for the most part, I mean, you know, even though we're, even where I live is considered like city, it's still rural because of how spread out it is, which is one of the reasons why I love the area as much as I do. Well, I mean, um, if you had the opportunity to homeschool with a open curriculum where yep. there are no banned books, there's no banned information, um, you have the ability to pick and choose which information you're going to provide to your child um, or your children. Do you think that's a better option to, than to say that um, we're going to not allow this literature, we're not going to allow this style of speaking, we're not going to allow any of this? You have the only these options that we currently approve, but that is subject to change at any time. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, once again, I mean, I believe that that should be up to the parents to make that decision, you know, what they would like to teach their kids. But, you know, th the whole thing with public education and even collegiate, it's like, you know, you have these people who are super learned and they've got these degrees with all these letters after their names. And it's like, we know what's best. Okay. But have you actually been in a position where you're actually creating something from your bare hands or, you know, using not just your intellect, but you're using your physical muscles as well, you know, along with the intellect. And, you know, most of them, I would say, would say, they say no. It's like, no, we've never done work like that. And it's like, okay, well, do you really know what the blue collar person is truly up against? Or are you do, doing this from a collegiate level? Do you think that's because people have become more secular or more uh, specialized? Just like um, the language that they're using now where in laws, everything is becoming more specific and it applies to less and less humans, depending on what label title and category you're actually placed in by the government. So um, we got about 10 minutes left. Yeah. Um, I want to make sure that people know where they can find you on uh, online on the website. Uh, let me know if you would like to be on the libertarian, uh, the lunatic libertarian again, uh, because I think this is a great conversation um, and it's for a very small seat, but a very large seat as far as its importance when it comes to public policy. Correct. So for the last 10 minutes, Steve, I'm going to give you the floor. You let me know uh, what policies that you would like to implement in your school board district. Um, if you are elected, let me know um, where people can find you, where they can meet you. I know your phone number is posted on your Facebook page, so just yep. let it be. Uh, let the people know. All right, well, ladies and gentlemen. Um, well, it's been a great conversation with uh, Justin here on his podcast, Lunatic Libertarian. Um, First and foremost, um, I'm a Christian. I am a conservative. I'm running under the Libertarian Party because I believe in the, the principles of the party and the majority of the platform planks that we stand for. Um, in terms of the race that I'm going to be running for my local school board, it is a very important uh, position within government. Why? Because there's myself and then you've got 11 other uh, board members and then to include a chairman and then a superintendent. So you've got 14 people that are making the decisions for what your children are going to be learning, as well as what the bylaws are that govern the uh, Horry County schools um, 
<clears throat> within the school system, but I've got 45,000 kids and 6,000 administrators and, and teachers that I would be in charge of. Now, here's the thing. I don't consider myself to be fully in charge of them. Why? Because as a libertarian, I look for your individual rights and that's what is what matters most to me. So I'm going to govern and and serve based off of what your needs are, not what mine are. So if you have an issue, feel free to come to me and talk to me. Like Justin said, my number is posted directly on the Facebook page, as well as you can message me directly um, through the Facebook page right now. And he's got it up here, facebook.com, Steve Witt for Liberty SC. And then that'll bring you up to Steve Witt for HCS Board District 6. Um, and, uh, in terms of my campaign, hopefully by the end of this week, beginning of next week, I'll have the actual campaign website up there. Um, I am accepting donations right now through Anadot. Um, so if you wanted to go ahead and donate to my campaign, that would help me out greatly because the one thing that I have learned, uh, since starting this is that, uh, running a campaign is all about marketing, 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 marketing. So the, the more I can put myself out there in front of you, the uh, elect, you know, uh, uh, the voters and my constituents, uh, that will help, you know, you guys learn about me <laughs> as well as um, uh, you'll be helping my campaign and, and hopefully we can beat out the, the GOP competitor uh, come the general election in November. Yep. Down with the GOP. Um, and then, uh, in terms of me being out and about, uh, now that I am local and at home, um, I am able to uh, go out in the evening times after work. So, I mean, even if you wanted to just meet up with me just to, you know, talk one-on-one -on -one as a friend, I, I would be more than happy to do that with you. Uh, the Horry County Libertarian Party, we actually have a meeting coming up on Wednesday. Uh, so, uh, this Wednesday, 420, <laughs> we're going to be having our, our meeting, and that's going to be over at... Uh, um, oh my gosh, forgot the name of the restaurant we're carrying that. Oh, Hanley's, Hanley's Pub and Grub over in uh, Carolina Forest. Uh, that's where we keep. That's where we do our monthly meetings at. Uh, so we will be having our monthly business business meeting there. If you'd like to come out and talk with me, then I'll be out there because um, I'm the vice chairman for the county. Uh, thinking of other things going on. Uh, they've got uh, there's an organization called uh, American Conservative Voices. Uh, I've been to two of their meetings so far to hear from the District 7 congressional uh, race people, as well as um, a couple other guys who are running for uh, uh, District 61 and District 8. Yeah, for state for state Congress. Um, but I was there as well, and I introduced myself at their last meeting. And I believe their next meeting is next week on Tuesday, if I'm not mistaken. I don't know the the place, but I do know that the time is 5.30 on Tuesday. Um, but if you follow my page, I'll go ahead and I'll put that up there. And then um, for May, we are actually doing our county convention. Um, since libertarians do not go to primary, uh, we will be holding the, the, uh, the uh, LP convention for the county in May, and that is going to be on May the 19th. And that's going to be at Hanley's Pub and Grub as well. So I will be out there for that. Um, come on out, you know, support me. Even though they, we've already agreed that I'm going to be the school board uh, uh, representative. So come on out there and support me for that. And then 
hope to meet, see everybody, um, all my libertarian friends when I go out to the LNC National Convention in Reno, and that's going to be Memorial Day weekend. So that should be fun to be out there and get to, you know, hobnob and bump shoulders with everybody. And remember, people, no matter if you're a Republican, Democrat, undecisive, a libertarian, an anarchist, a socialist, I don't care who you claim to be. If you want to get involved, get out there, get involved with your government, make sure that they can hear your voice. And I don't yep. care what part of the, the spectrum you, you come from. That is the, the, the one thing as Americans or people in the United States we cannot lose is our ability to display our voice to our government. Absolutely. And to let them know you will be held accountable. Yes. You will be held accountable for the actions that have been put in place and the public policies that uh, pretty much put people in a very small bubble to actually have life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. happiness. Yep. And, that, and that's another part of my, um, my platform for the school board is to hold the other board members accountable, as well as the uh, leadership within the school system itself, the principals all the way down to the individual teachers. I mean, if they're doing something that's out of line, um, bullying, I'm, I'm hugely against bullying because I was bullied growing up. And the one thing with bullying right now, it's gotten, it's gotten a hundred times, maybe even 200 times worse than when I was in school, because not only are they doing it physically at school, which I've seen videos about that locally in this area, but also, I mean, everybody knows like online through social media, these kids bully each other to where they're, you know, wanting to commit suicide or, you know, go in and shoot up the school. And we need to change the culture. We need to, you know, we need to get people where they're at and love on them. People that need love and they need to be shown the attention that they need that they deserve. And that's what I'm going to be representing you for. Well, and I will say that I agree with that, man. But I also agree that we need to glove up and knuckle up if you have a disc uh, discrepancy. I know that in uh, that area of the country, there is a um, YouTube channel. Uh, Steve and I will discuss that after the podcast because I'm not going to do uh, self-promotion of anybody else right now. But the thing is, is that uh, if you give people security and if they have security in themselves before anything else, then we can have prosperity. But if you give them dependency and then security, then we have the situation that we're in now. And that's all I'm going to say on that. I am the Lunatic Libertarian, Steve Witt. For Liberty SC on Facebook, he's running for Horry County School Board District 6 as a Libertarian candidate. Get out there, vote, support him. And if you don't like his ideas, he'll he'll pick up the phone. He'll talk to you. Pick up the phone, talk to him. Tell him what your ideas are. Tell him what you have problems with. Tell him, hey, if I, if I elect you as a Libertarian candidate, what are you going to do for me? And he can say, well, what's your problem? I'm going to do this, X, Y, Z. Yep. Get out there, people. I'm the Lunatic Libertarian, Justin Lomnis, my man Steve Witt, and we are out. Peace.